For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. This is part eight of the series. So now we've looked at how we can glean a spiritual understanding of faith by breaking it down in the Hebrew. And the next example that we're going to look at is Egypt, which in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. And we're going to see that it's going to be associated with a place of distress or oppression. And this idea is communicated to us from the book, The Inner Meaning of the Hebrew Letters on page 135. And so Egypt is going to be associated with spiritual descent. Genesis chapter 12 verse 10. And there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt. And so in reference to Egypt, the scripture is going to say you go down. In reference to Jerusalem, the scripture is going to say you go up. Because spiritually, when you go to Egypt, which represents the world and the world system, you're descending spiritually. But whenever you go to Jerusalem, you are ascending spiritually. So Egypt is the Hebrew word Mitzrayim. It's the Strong's number 4714 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And there it will tell you that it is the dual of the Strong's number 4693. So the Hebrew word for Egypt, which is Mitzrayim, comes from the Hebrew Matzor. And Matzor comes from the Hebrew word Zor, the Strong's number 6696. So Mitzrayim, which comes from or is associated with Matzor, Matzor means to besiege, siege, entrench, or enclose. And that comes from Zor, and that's the primitive root. And Zor means to besiege, lay siege, distress, enclose, to show hostility, to be an adversary, or to treat as a foe. So we can see by breaking down the Hebrew that Egypt is associated with the place of distress, oppression, trials, and tribulations. So this is why in the Bible, Egypt, from examining the Hebrew, is associated with spiritual bondage. Exodus chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 6. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. 
We can see how Egypt is a place of bondage from Exodus chapter 2 verses 23 and 24. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Exodus chapter 6 verse 5 it is written, And I have heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. And so since Egypt is spiritually associated with spiritual descent and it represents the world and the world's ways and the world system, trying to live life according to our own wisdom and our own understanding and our own ability apart from seeking the God of Israel and his ways and his wisdom and his understanding, the Bible tells us to not put our trust in Egypt, but instead put our trust in the God of of Israel. Isaiah chapter 30 verses 1 through 3. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, that cover with the covering but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down spiritual descent to Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth, not seeking the Lord's direction and the wisdom and instruction of the Lord, but they strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, which is the wisdom of the flesh, following after the flesh, and seeking to make a decision according to your carnal mind, based upon your five physical senses, where Paul says in Romans, in chapter 8, verse 7, that the carnal mind is an enemy of God, and it does not listen to or follow the Torah of God. Then it says in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 3, Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. So in Isaiah chapter 31 verse 1 and 3, the scripture also instructs us to not trust in Egypt. Woe to them that go down to Egypt to help, that stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they do not look unto the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. So we're not to trust in Pharaoh. Isaiah chapter 36 verse 6. Lo, you that trust in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, whereof if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all that trust in him. Jeremiah chapter 46 verse 25. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel says, Behold, I will punish the multitude of No and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their kings, even Pharaoh and all those that trust in him. Once again, when the scriptures speak about Egypt, it talks about going down, spiritual descent. Genesis chapter 12 verse 10, and there was a famine in the land and Abram went down unto Egypt to sojourn there. Numbers chapter 20 verse 15, how our fathers went down unto Egypt and we have dwelt in Egypt a long time and the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. So in contrast to Egypt with your spiritual descent, Jerusalem spiritual ascent. Luke chapter 2 verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Galatians chapter 1 verse 18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 
days. The next spiritual concept that we're going to show with you from gleaning and looking at insights into the Hebrew language is we're going to share with you from the Hebrew that the offerings that the God of Israel had the people bring unto him and put upon the altar of the Lord were done to draw near unto him. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 2. If any man of you bring, and this word bring is the Strong's number 7133 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's the Hebrew word korban, and it means an offering. If any one of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring korban, your offering, of the cattle, and of the herd and of the flock. So the spiritual meaning of this is communicated in the book, The Inner Meaning of the Hebrew Letters on page 15, where it explains that the word korban is related to karav, which means to draw near, come near, advance, or approach. And so Korban is something where you draw near unto the God of Israel. Now, in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 2, when you bring a korban, it's to draw near, and your offering is to be of the cattle, of the herd, and of the flock. The spiritual meaning is that we're to offer ourselves, that is our flesh, that is our, our carnal mind, our animal nature, upon the altar. And this explanation comes from the inner meaning of the Hebrew letters on page 15. So we must draw near to God by offering of ourselves. And so Paul explains that we are to crucify our flesh if we're to walk in the spirit. So what we bring to God's altar is we burn up the flesh and we don't think according to the carnal mind, Romans chapter 8 verse 7, which is an enemy of God and it doesn't follow the Torah of God because the carnal mind using the five physical senses makes decisions according to human or natural logic, which sometimes are contrary to God's instruction in God's word. So the offering is from the cattle or from the flock in us. By means of this offering, we unite and knit together what has been separated by our incorrect action, our incorrect thought, or our sin. The essence of the offering is that it is analogous to the sin and that a man should offer to God his fleshly desires and passions, for this is more acceptable than all. Here, desires and passions of the flesh and of the carnal mind and of carnal reasoning and of the ways of Egypt constitute our cattle and our flock. We are to dedicate our lives to the kingdom of God, to bear fruit for his kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we're to bring our flesh and 
our carnal reasoning, which is associated with Egypt, we're supposed to bring that upon the altar of God. We're supposed to give it to God and we're supposed to burn it up at the altar because we are to dedicate our lies to following the God of Israel's Torah and to bear fruit for him and his kingdom. And so when you bring an offering that is completely burned or consumed, that's called a burnt offering. And spiritually, we are to give our lies in service to the God of Israel and his kingdom. That's the meaning of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Next, I'm going to share with you from the book by Grant Luton in his own words on page 216, where there he explains that the Hebrew word for discipline, which is mishma'at, the Hebrew word for discipline is mishma'at, that in the center of the word mishma'at is shema, which means hear, do, or obey. And so the spiritual meaning in connection and association is that a disciple of the God of Israel is going to be obedient, hear, do, and obey. What? The Torah of the God of Israel. Next, we're going to see the spiritual connection and association through the Hebrew language of how a righteous person is linked with somebody who has a giving heart. And so a righteous person person in Hebrew is called a zadik. And when you give charity, that's called zedekah. From the book, Building Blocks of the Soul Insights into the Hebrew Language by Matatiahu Glazerson on page 275, he explains from the verse in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 20, justice, justice, you shall pursue that you may live and possess the land. The Hebrew word for justice, zedek, has the same linguistic root as giving or charity, zedekah. Zedek is the foundation of zedekah because in truth, an act of giving, charity, is an act of justice. A person's money is not his own. It is given to him so that he can use it to fulfill the commandments of the Holy One, blessed be he, distributing it to those in need and those who deserve it. Next, we're going to look at the spiritual meaning and understanding of the spiritual giants that the children of Israel had to face when they went into the promised land. And the commandment was that you were to make no covenant with them, but you were to destroy these giants. Deuteronomy in chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 it is written, When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God shall deliver them before you, you shall smite them, and you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. So while in the days of the children of Israel, these were literal people that dwelled in the promised land that the children of Israel had to defeat to inherit the land of Canaan from the promises that were made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
we are going to break down the meaning of their names in the Hebrew to understand deeper and richer spiritual truths that the God of Israel is trying to teach us as we live our lives unto him and we pursue the will of God in our lives to receive the promises of God for our lives. So continuing on in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 through 18, it is written, But of the cities of these people which the Lord your God does give you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, that they teach you not to do after all their abominations which they have done unto their gods. So our spiritual enemies are called the beasts of the field. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 22 it is written, And the Lord your God will put out these nations before you little by little. You may not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon you. Now in Exodus in chapter 23 and verse 30, By little and little I will drive them out from before you until you be increased and inherit the land. And from the book, The Inner Meaning of Hebrew Letters, on page 119, it explains that the nations that are against us are those things which oppose us from doing the will of God. The other nations that are driven out of the land stand for that part of our value system and expectations that are not in agreement with godliness in doing the will of God in our lives. So let's see how this is so by taking the names of these seven peoples and nations that are in our human ability, they are greater and mightier than us. So Hittite in Hebrew is related to the Hebrew word Hatit, which means fright or tear. And this is taken from the inner meaning of the Hebrew letters on page 211. So the Hittites represent discouragement and tear. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 21 it is written, Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has said unto you, Fear not, neither be discouraged. So this word discouraged, the Strong's number 2865 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary is the Hebrew word hati. The Hebrew word hati comes from the Strong's number 2845, the Hebrew word heth. And this comes from the Strong's number 2865, which is hatat. And hatat means to be shattered, to be dismayed, to be afraid. And so the Hittites, which comes from the Hebrew word hati, which comes from hate, which comes from hatat, the root meaning is discouragement, dismayed, or be afraid. And this is a giant that is in the natural greater and mightier than us.
The Girgashites represent focusing on things which are earthly and visible. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 it is written, When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess and cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites. Now the Girgashites is the Strong's number 1622 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary and it means dwelling on a clay soil. Clay soil represents the earth. Girgashites represent using our human natural logic and human reasoning. And this is how the spies who gave a bad report, how they viewed their situation through their own human eyes, logic, and reasoning, as found in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 and 33. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight. And the evaluation of how things are in your own sight comes from your own human, natural logic and reasoning. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. And so this takes us back to Romans chapter 8, verse 7, where Paul says that the carnal mind is an enemy against God, and the carnal mind is not subject to the Torah of God, neither indeed can it be. So the carnal mind is regarded as being of the flesh, Romans chapter 8, verse 8, so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So rather than evaluating our situation based upon human logic and reasoning, which is associated with our flesh and our carnal mind, our five physical senses, and as was espoused by the spies that gave a bad report in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, that we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. You see, there's a contrast here between evaluating something from your own human logic and reasoning as compared to the promises of God and the covenant that God has made with us. Because when Yeshua made covenant with Abraham, he promised that he would bring Abraham's seed into the promised land. And so, therefore, the success of the endeavor was based upon covenant. It was based upon the integrity of the word of the God of Israel to fulfill his oath. It was not based upon whether, humanly speaking, that in the natural, that the obstacles were greater than how you would reason them to be in your own ability. You see, the scripture says that we're to walk by faith and believing and trusting what God has said and what God has promised and not by our natural eyesight or reasoning. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, natural, but at the things which are not seen, the promises of God. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it is written, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we have 
the Hittites that represents discouragement or fear or terror, and the Girgashites, which represents focusing on the earthly and natural logic and human reasoning. And next, we're going to look at the Amorites, which represent boasting, pride, and those who oppose or speak against us. From the inner meaning of the Hebrew letters on page 211, an Amorite in Hebrew, a Mori, Well, that's going to conclude part eight of the series on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.